0: Hopefully you noticed a theme in those uh, hymns that we sang today. Last week uh, we talked about how our world is devolving into darkness. But we, as followers of Jesus Christ, not only see the light of Jesus at the end of the tunnel, that is at the end of the world, but we have the light of life within us light of Jesus, in us. Therefore, while the world is devolving into darkness, we should not despair nor fear because the darkness cannot overcome the light. And we have the light of Jesus in us. Now, today's message is going to build on that truth as I begin the first of three messages about being thankful. And I've entitled this message today, The Gratitude Attitude. And actually, I'm going to carry this through the next three messages. Uh, And I'm subtitling it, uh, God Wants You to Be Thankful. Now, I'm going to tell you up front that this morning this is going to be short and sweet. I know it's going to be short. I hope it's going to be sweet. <laughs> Our text this morning is taken from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16-18, through which reads, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Has there ever been a time in your life, and I kind of imagine there has been, when you just, you really just didn't feel good? Uh, Perhaps uh, you were just, I don't know, emotionally down, maybe bordering on being depressed, Uh, maybe physically you were hurting for whatever reason you just were not feeling good and someone walked up to you and said smile (laughs) do you remember your thoughts at that particular moment (laughs) they probably probably weren't very good You didn't feel like smiling. And you knew without any doubt that even if you could generate a smile, it wasn't going to change anything. When we read this passage, there might be a tendency to react in much the same way. Sure, pray that praying part that we can handle that although we're we're not sure about the without ceasing part of it. But that part about always rejoicing and giving thanks in everything well we might kind of feel like that's not really living in reality. After all The world is devolving into darkness. Bad things happen. People are mean-spirited. Evil even. We get sick. And evil is ever encroaching into our lives. And we have to deal with it. It affects us. Life is hard. So, it's a nice biblical verse. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. But how is that possible? It feels like God is expecting something from us that is beyond our ability. With all that's going on in life, how can I (coughs) rejoice always, pray without ceasing in everything, give thanks? That's what we're going to look at. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we believe Your Word and yet sometimes... We find it confusing. Sometimes we don't understand. But Father, we trust that your word is truth. So help us this morning as we consider this, that we might learn how it is possible to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and in everything to give thanks. We ask that, Father, in your Son's name. Amen. So, how can we, how can we possibly, given the world that we live in and all that's going all around us as the world evolves down into darkness, how can we rejoice always? How can we pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks? Actually, the answer is very simple. In fact, I can sum it up in one word. Context. As I have brought to your attention often, the key to understanding scripture is to keep it in context. 1 Thessalonians was a letter written by Paul to the church that was gathering in Thessalonica. It was a letter. It was not a collection of sayings. So to lift this sentence, and by the way, that is a sentence, even though it has arbitrarily been divided into three verses, it is a sentence. To arbitrarily lift this sentence out of its context and try to expound upon it and understand it is to potentially foster confusion at best and misunderstanding at worst. So let's take a look at the context in which this is written so we can have a clear basis for understanding what's being said and what's not being said. The context Remember, this is a sentence in a letter. It's not something that you just pick out and lift up and look at all by itself. So let's take the broadest context. The beginning of the letter, Paul is talking about how he and Silvanus and Timothy had ministered among these Thessalonian Christians. He talks about how he missed them. He talked about how he he was longing to see them again and how they were concerned for them. And so they sent Timothy to visit with them and Timothy came back and he told them all these good things that he had seen about their love for one another and their faithfulness and how they thought fondly of Paul and the others. And then Paul writes to encourage them to live as those who have been sanctified and to treat one another and outsiders with love. And then he begins to remind them of something that is the immediate context of that sentence. And it begins in chapter 4. Verse 13. I'm going to read this whole section this morning. He has said all these other things. He's talked about how he misses them and wants to see them again, and he's gotten good messages about them, what's going on, and he's encouraged him to live a sanctified life. And then he says. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who do not have hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this way, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air so that we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. But as to the times, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you, for you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. While they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly, like the labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. But you, brethren are not in darkness that the day would overcome you like a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night nor of darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. For those who sleep do not sleep. For those who sleep do their sleeping at night, and those who get drunk get drunk at night but since we are of the day let us be sober having put on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet the hope of salvation for God has not destined us for wrath but for obtaining salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ who died for us So that whether we are awake or asleep, we will live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, just as you also are doing. But we request you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently work among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction, and that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work, live in peace with one another. We urge you, brethren, admonish the the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone, see that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good for one another and for all people. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always. Why? Because Jesus is coming. Rejoice always because He's coming for you. Rejoice always because you belong to Him. Rejoice always because you do not belong to darkness, you belong to light. Yes, there is darkness. Yes, there is evil. And yes, it's all around you, but rejoice. You are not destined for God's wrath. You are destined for salvation. Rejoice. Encourage one another to rejoice. Don't be dragged down by focusing on the negative, the dark The evil in the world around you. Focus on the light. The darkness cannot overcome the light. And you have the light within you. Rejoice always. Don't fear. Don't doubt. Don't let the world turn your eyes from the truth. Rejoice always. Jesus is coming again. And he's coming for you. Pray without ceasing. How? How can you pray without ceasing? And, and what are we supposed to pray? Are we being told to just constantly keep a prayer list in our minds and just be praying through that list of every moment of every day? Well, no. No. For one thing, that's not possible. We're living our lives every day. We work. We interact with people. We sleep. It's not humanly possible. So what does Paul mean here when he says to pray without ceasing? Well, since it's humanly it isn't humanly possible to be praying every moment of our lives. There, no, there must be another meaning of without ceasing. And the simple answer is, there is something which we should never stop praying about. We can't pray every moment of every day, but this should always constantly be the major aspect of our prayers and what is it Thanksgiving and everything give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus now understand Paul has not changed the subject matter this is said in a context the sentence rejoice always pray without ceasing and everything give thanks for this is god's will for you in christ jesus is a complete thought and it's said in the context of jesus is coming again and he's coming for you and you will not experience the wrath of god you will experience salvation you belong to him you do not belong to darkness. You belong to the light. Yes there is darkness, yes there is evil, and yes it's all around you. Rejoice always and pray without ceasing in everything that's going on. Give thanks for what God is doing. He's not saying give thanks for everything. He's saying give thanks in everything, in the midst of everything that's going on. Never cease to give thanks. You belong to Jesus. He's coming for you. You'll not see His wrath. You'll see His salvation. Rejoice always. And pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. Regardless of the darkness, the evil, the world that is around you, in the midst of it all, you can and should never stop giving thanks to God for what he has done for you in Christ Jesus. You know, it is so easy to live life with negative eyes. Because there is so much negativity around us. And being negative is so easy to do. But it's a trap. Because if you look at life with negative eyes, it traps you. And that's all you see. Paul is saying to these Christians in Thessalonica don't let your eyes be turned to the darkness. Don't focus on the negative. Don't focus on what's bad. Yes, it's there. It's all around you. And it may in some ways affect you. But remember, it doesn't have power over you. You belong to Jesus. He's coming for you. He's going to take you home. And God's wrath, it's coming too. But you will not experience God's wrath because you belong to Jesus. God wants you to live with an attitude of gratitude. God wants you to be thankful. We're going to sing this closing song. Give thanks. We're probably going to sing this for the next three weeks because we're going to focus on this being thankful. Let's stand and sing it together. Father, we do give you thanks. Help us as we face the inevitable things that we face in this world. Help us to look beyond it and see the great gift that you have given to us in Jesus Christ and give thanks. We ask it in his precious name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.